What's up, Slick Talkers? I want to promote a quick little thing that we're doing at Good Morning Hospitality called Good Morning Retreats. This is our first ever retreat, and we are hosting a hospitality training retreat at the Horst Schultz Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. Now, this is going to be July 8th through the 10th, and it's for operators only. So if you're a property manager and you want to actually dive into the inner workings of providing hospitality and not just the operations of your business, then this is what you need to do and sign up for. So go to goodmorningretreats.com in order to get into an intimate setting with other operators just like you. If you go to the website, you'll see the published agenda and other things around the whole retreat. We're excited to host you. And if you're going to the retreat already and you've already confirmed your spot, we can't wait to show you what we have up our sleeves for this event. Now, let's move on to the episode. Thanks for tuning in. And like always, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Like you said, a condo hotel, it, all the design looks the same, all the furnishings the same, all of the, everything's the same. Here, yes, we've got Orion homes, which are incredibly well-designed, but, and also unique. It's not cookie cutter. Not every single one looks the same, but then mm-hmm. our resident base has got a very dynamic listing base. So they mm-hmm. all have a different personality. Um, so you're getting kind of that local flair, but with, with, the, with the hotel consistency. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and I'm your host, Will Slickers. Today, we get to have a fun conversation about a new type of development, uh, at least new to me, and this is very exciting stuff. So, Cindy, I'm excited to have you on the show and introducing Orion House to the Slick Talk audience. Thank you so much. We're excited to be here. Of course. We had a conversation not too long ago and uh, just getting to understand what the Owen Ryan House uh, brand and model is. And so I really just want to jump right into everything, kind of what your background is, um, how you got into hospitality, and then of course, what the leading steps were into this uh, new adventure that you're on with Orion House. All right. I'm going to go like back 20 years quickly because I'm a serial entrepreneur before entrepreneurship was, you know, kind of the cool thing to do. Um, started college while I was in eighth grade, dropped out of high school, went to college full-time. And then while I was there, launched my first- Did you say eighth grade? Yes. So I started University of Iowa um, in middle school. They were, um, the state of Iowa is very progressive in education and they were testing this dual enrollment um, with high-performing middle school students of which I was one of of six or eight. And so started there really early on. uh, I was getting 4.0 and AP classes. And so I thought I was prepared for university life, but I didn't actually check to ensure that I could fully enroll while I was not in dual enrollment. So found out after I got my GED that I was not qualified to go to university full-time at the University of Iowa. Um, however, University of South Florida would, would gladly accept me at that time. So moved to South Florida, started school there. Um, and then my neighbor at that time was launching a clothing company um, so I started that with him when I was about 18, and uh, company called David and Goliath, and that was juniors and young men's apparel, and we took that um, all over the country, and then distribution about 35 uh, different countries around the world, um, and then from there went into beverage and hospitality, which led me to real estate, of which that's where I am now. So since about 2015, I've been working in multifamily real estate development and acquisitions, with the focus in building communities that are Airbnb and home sharing friendly. Um, so my first two ventures were Nido, um, which is a rental product. We had properties in Orlando and um, Nashville, and then Nativo, which is a condo product. Um, same thing, we, we sell it out. Um, people can then lease their units on an annualized basis, or they can do home sharing through our home sharing program. So opportunities to monetize those investments or those rental properties in both brands. Um, Left there early 2019 um, and have since launched Orion House, um, which is a a just kind of gen three of this home sharing multifamily uh, concept. So can I ask this, I did not know about the college thing at like eighth grade. So that's an 
insane to understand like holy crap that's pretty incredible i just got to give you like my hat off to you right there i I found more trouble with the extra time i ended up having on my plate than anything yeah Uh, and so you know trying to put that energy into something that would move me forward uh, was was really where my focus was at that time my friends were drinking and drugging and whatever and i was like okay i could go that way or I can go this way. And I, I took the, the path to entrepreneurship, um, which has certainly not been easy, but has been incredibly fruitful. Yeah, I was going to say with, with that, were you always not like struggling, but finding yourself continually like what, like you, I bet you probably felt like you had to keep growing, like you had to keep like yeah. on that certain, like that's a high paced, high energy, especially when you're like at that wavelength of just thinking and knowledge and everything. This is probably in, in, intense. Like you're, you, you don't like feeling standing still. It's, it's definitely uh, like an internal drive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I find myself kind of getting stagnant or, um, you know, feeling like I'm not as productive or as mm-hmm. successful as I should be, it's like massive amounts of anxiety. So it's that, yeah. it's that internal drive. You know, my parents were always like super supportive of whatever path I were to go down my, my mom and stepfather are teachers and educators and philanthropists. And, um, you know, as much of my heart uh, lies there, um, also as a capitalist, I understand that in order to be able to give back, you have to have something to give. Yeah. And so I always kind of said, you know, in order for me to really make an impact in the world and the things that I am most passionate about, um, I've got to have money to do that. And yeah. so kind of ran parallel paths. You know, I always like to say like my, my mom and my brothers are saving the world um, and I'm just helping them do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Um, I want to ask you on the questions about Nido and Nativo because going from an apparel brand at 18 to then working into like real estate and development, what were the leading moments to those? Like, how did you even think of that concept? Um, because that to me, like there's a couple we've, you know, we've seen similar companies in the area uh, or in the industry, um, like say Alfred or Sonder and other companies like that, who, you know, do kind of like a multi-unit, multi-family type structure. But um, I'm curious to think of like what sparked Natito and, or sorry, Nito and Nativo. So I would have to say there's a couple um, really critical moments um, that really got me here. And I think one of them is, just taking opportunity when it presents itself. And I'll tell you about six or seven years ago, I was sitting at a lunch in Miami and a friend at the time who ultimately became my business partner and I were just talking about business. And he was like, wow, I'm so impressed with what you're doing, whatever. He said, you know, I'm in real estate development. Like, have you thought about getting into this space and doing anything with Airbnb? And I said, well, I've been a host on Airbnb since 2009. And so as an entrepreneur, that really saved me in a lot of different situations where I either had businesses that were failing or I was short on cash flow or I was in fundraising modes and I would lean on Airbnb to prop me up. So I said, I know the product incredibly well from the hosting perspective. I know it incredibly well from a traveler's perspective, because also as an entrepreneur, I used Airbnb as, you know, a a tool for me to be able to maximize the amount of capital I had in order to go and pitch investors and do what I needed to do. So I said, I know it inside and out. Um, And he goes, well, I've got a problem in some of my buildings. We've got their luxury towers and we've got a massive amount of transient behavior that's coming and going out of these doors. And it's virtually impossible to control that. Um, you know, I mean, because people say they're friends and their family and their guests, whatever. And he said, how do we create a model that can protect the integrity of the building and the brand that we had designed um, while still allowing our residents and those that came in as investors to monetize that the assets the way they want to. Um, And that was really kind of the birth of the idea. You know, the, the, the background that I had using the platform, um, as a, as a tool and utility and revenue source for myself uh, was kind of the genesis of it. Like, okay, well, let's, let's figure mm-hmm. out all the flaws. Like, how is it broken? Yeah. Um, it's all of the issues that you always encounter. You show up in the places and what you expect it to be, or you can't get in or the locks don't work or the there's no Wi-Fi and you're there as a business traveler. So I said, you know, you've got to identify what all of these holes are. Um, and then also from the host perspective, 
the inconsistency on the traveler or the quality of traveler that takes care mm -hmm. of your home. So there was like this massive flywheel effect. And I said, if we can kind of close that gap on the, the amount of hosts that come into the ecosystem, as well as the amount of travelers that come into the ecosystem and those that fly off because they have a bad experience, we, if we could create a, an equilibrium there to keep them in the ecosystem, that's what's gonna be the most beneficial. That's what's gonna stabilize your communities. That's what, what's gonna stabilize inventory for platforms like Airbnb. Um, and so that's what I really like narrowed in on because I had the most amount of knowledge on that. Um, not on real estate, not on development. I mean, I just knew how the system worked. Um, I knew wh why it was flawed, but like how much extraordinary potential it had. And, and the, it, it's just a win, win, win if you can do it right. You know, win for the traveler, win for the guest, win for the building owners, win for Airbnb. Like it's a, it's a product everybody wants if yeah. you can it out. And so it was taking that opportunity and that conversation, I pursued it really hard because I wanted to get into a deal. And I said, mm -hmm. I love this. Like, this is, this is me. Um, and so uh, we formed a company shortly thereafter, uh, 2015, December of 2015, and, um, you know, started building from there. But it was just kind of being at the right place at the right time and also taking those opportunities and running with them. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask too, before, um, before finding out that you were a host, like I was going to ask, did you have any experience with Airbnb and like, did, cause a lot of, um, you know, I think we've seen, uh, the short-term rental market, not saying that hotels and hoteliers aren't entrepreneurial, but mm -hmm. like the, you know, short-term vacation rental segment is very like high end. Like these are people that were just like, Hey, I can pay my mortgage if I rent this out on Airbnb. And then all of a sudden now we have companies like noise aware or like uh, rent responsibly or you know all these other big companies that are forming from just like an idea of like oh i'm going to rent out my second home or my my home in general um very entrepreneurial so like getting into the hospitality space um it's cool to hear that you actually like were jumping in from like actual experience okay. oh I, i've lived and breathed it i got evicted multiple times i mean i had multiple units i was running in new york and when one was was rented out i'd sleep in another I'd sleep on couches like I, I did the whole thing you know yeah. when you, when you the stories of like the people that use Airbnb I mean I was like one of those power users because yeah. it feel it, it it you know it was such a utility and a resource for me that I could just see you know if we could make it a little bit more stable mm -hmm. how it really commercialized um, and when I say stability it was you know, in our buildings in New York, obviously New York was the mo is the most regulated city in the world still. Yes. Um, yes. So it's impossible to operate there. But th this was very early on before uh, regulations had really um, locked down. But, you know, if that building owner would have been agreeable to me running my short-term rental out of it because he was participating in it and making some profit on the upside and had control over the tenants that were coming and going, I think it would have worked. It yeah. was so early on, like it was never going to happen. Um, I wasn't going to talk this guy into yeah. letting me run this little micro business out of his building because in their mind, it was, you know, compromising the security and the integrity of, of what their product offering was supposed to be to the other residents, which I totally agree with. Well, um, and it's also like Airbnb from the beginning to now what it is, you know, it was like a couch surfing you know, yeah. platform at the end of the like beginning of it, which a lot of people, if I had a building, I'd be like, eh, I don't want couch surfers, <laughs> you know, right. but the way it's evolved now, like you guys are talking with Orion house and what you did with, with Nito is that um, it has evolved. The traveler has evolved the platform itself, you know, standardization and professionalism and all that other stuff has really changed. And they force a lot of that too. I mean, you know, especially in our partnership with Airbnb, I mean, I have to give them so much credit for the amount of thought and attention and detail they gave mm -hmm. into every aspect of the traveler experience, every aspect of the host experience. I mean, they really wanted to instill, you know, those disciplines in it so that everybody had a good experience, yeah. not one party, not just one person got a great travel experience at a discount and not just a host made a lot of extra money while they were out of town. And yeah. they really, really focused on the traveler and the host. Um, and recognize that if it, if it doesn't both work, then the system kind of self-destructs, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm talking about that flywheel effect where the, a lot of people come in, users come in and then fly off because they have a bad experience. Um, but they were really, really committed and, and um, their CEO, Brian Chesky is just extraordinary in identifying with people 
and knowing what they really need. Um, because some people don't understand it, what they really need in order to create the business. Um, mm -hmm. But from, from that leadership perspective and the entire uh, the founding team, they really understood it. Um, and, yeah. that, and that filters down to every single layer. So we learned so much from them, that partnership. I mean, I can't even tell you, like, it, I, I got excited for my weekly reporting meetings. Like I'd have to report to them yeah. and the guidance and the feedback and the critical questions and all that stuff was just incredible. I mean, it was just an incredible learning experience. I was gonna say that that must've been, yeah, I can, can't imagine having that opportunity to be just like, all right, weekly reporting meetings to the, like Chesky himself, you know? No, unfortunately, Chesky wasn't on my weeklies, but it was- Okay, well, hey. That's, that's still good enough for me, you know? <laughs> uh, well, and it's also like, I love that you said that, like the taking the opportunity because um, when you are presented with opportunities, like Airbnb or putting your property in short-term rentals um, is a massive opportunity that a lot of people think about or talk about. Uh, but then when they actually act on it, that is when it sparks like that creative moment. And I think when you start to see like something you've built yourself and kind of like are like this is really cool guests are actually coming and they're staying and yeah. they're leaving good reviews and the ideas and the wheels i've seen it happen with almost i would say like nine out of ten people i talk to like that are doing airbnb or vacation rentals uh, the wheels are turning as they're talking yeah. as they're thinking as they're like just started they're like oh i just launched my listing and then all of a sudden you just see it and you're like ah they're gonna so, do something cool so I don't want to go off track, but we have yeah. a house. So um, my fiance's got two girls. We were talking yeah. about the chaos that ensues. <laughs> and we have a house in East Texas, just outside of Dallas, well, not outside of Dallas, two and a half hours east of Dallas in a mm. town called Texarkana. And I said, Greg, while we're traveling for work, because you know our business is based on the East Coast and we're here every couple of weeks to be with the girls, I said, I want to list the house on Airbnb. And he's a few years my senior. Mm -hmm. um, so not in the Airbnb demographic. And he was like, absolutely not, not going to happen. No way in like on God's green earth. And I said, okay, 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 whatever. So I listed of course, and it immediately <laughs> gets booked. And I was like, and this is in a town when, with no travelers, right? There's not a travel community in Texarkana. I mean, most people have never even heard of it, but there are no listings on Airbnb. So we're two hours from Dallas and we're two hours from Little Rock and two, like three hours from like Oklahoma City. So we're like a meeting point, mm. major cities. Every single weekend I'm booked with golf tournaments and weddings to a point where we can't even stay in our own house. So I built a three bedroom guest house in the back. Oh, because nice. There's that much demand. So meanwhile, I'm visiting, you know, building our quote unquote empire with Orion house. I'm also building like this little micro community in Texarkana to run my Airbnbs out of because there's that much business, which is just, it's, it's funny, but when you go, when you talk about all these micro entrepreneurs, which is what Air Airbnb really has created, you know, yeah. 7 million um, micro entrepreneurs, I'm one of them too. So I still yeah. do my own Airbnbs. I've, I've converted the entire family into it, um, you know, begrudgingly so, but uh, it is, it is exciting, you know, when you yeah. see it and you're like, I just paid for my mortgage twice this month, you know, like off of two stays, it's like, woo! Yeah, seriously on like somebody's couch you know <laughs> my is getting paid for my travel is getting paid for um and I think I'll always have that spirit like that that does excite me you know what I mean and, and I think the other point will like and I'm glad that you focus on this category so much is because it is a win-win-win for everybody and I hear from the, the people that come and stay in our home especially in this community um and I'm sitting in it right now but they go there's nowhere for us to stay when we mm -hmm. come to with our family They've, they've got really like modest um, motel, hotel prop, you know, like properties as opportunities. Yeah. And they don't want to stay for a week in a hotel room when they're here for the holidays. Mm -hmm. You know, when you grow up in a small town and you go to Dallas or, you know, I'm also from Iowa or is where I grew up. We go to Chicago. When you come back home and there's not room for you to stay with your, with your now grown family, what else are you supposed to do? And yeah. so having, having Airbnbs is actually like, it's giving families that opportunity to go and travel now, even in these, these small towns and secondary and tertiary markets. Um, so it's really cool that way. Um, and it gives other people opportunities for income. This didn't exist. You know I mean, yeah. you make more money. Exactly. <laughs> no, I love that you say that too. Cause it's like, 
I we I was just talking to Jeremy Gall from uh, Breezeway, and okay. he he and we we're talking about the Verbo uh, tagline that they had on home away from home, and how much that really has played into like people are like, you know, Airbnb or vacation rentals. Like it's like some people weren't looking at it as like a segment of hospitality, but you think about it, it's really open, like legitimately, like not to be like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like opening a real legitimate door to that connection that we like strive for when we're traveling. Like we'd like to be connected to the area or to the people like, and getting to meet, like you get to meet people that you've never thought. And when you just have that opportunity to open up your door, literally to someone to, to stay, it creates, like you said, more and more opportunity. And yeah, you're right. Like nobody wants to stay. Like I, I do hotel travel for like business. Like if it's just me, I'm just going to stay in a hotel for two nights or three nights. But if I'm bringing more than myself or, you know, going to be there for like a week or longer I'm definitely on the short-term rental market and and just because that you want the comforts of home you want to be be able to say you know I'm going to go sit in the living room while my you know girlfriend or whatever is in the office doing whatever with her work or you know like that opportunity to to have the comfort of everything that you aren't yeah. with yeah so. the other piece of this and then I, I know you've got more questions um is also disaster relief mm. so like, and I just had another lady, like the last few different hurricanes where people were, um, you know, evacuated from the coastlines going, yeah. okay, where can we go that's safe? You know, you can't go an hour inland when the storm trajectory is all over the place. So we ended up hosting a lot of families for um, mm. evacuations and, um, and disaster relief. And another family just reached out to me for a month, uh, the month of December, because they had a water leak in a, their house or no, it was a fire. And then the water, um, the sprinkler system. Uh so she goes we need somewhere to stay we're not we're not, we got three kids we're all working from home we can't go stay in a hotel yeah. and there's this other piece of the business where you're actually feeling a need you know for for families that um that are in distress you know yeah. so it, it's pretty interesting and airbnb is, has created great platform for that as well and i'm sure Ver- verbo has i happen yeah. to be familiar with um, airbnb but they do a lot of this kind of displacement and crisis housing but um you know that's another big piece of it where it's like people people need places to go and there are unoccupied homes all over the place and 100%. so that's another um great attribute of what what this platform offers yeah well like you just said i have tons of other questions i want to get going into orion house and so my first question really will be to help the audience understand what, what does Orion House mean and what is the overall concept? Because we're talking about like all these opportunities that being on Airbnb and whole home rentals create, but you guys are creating a whole new opportunity for a new type of generation, a new t- new type of uh, traveler and more, I've, I find like the entrepreneurial type, you know, resident, right? And so um, I want to dive into those two parts. What is Orion House and what is the, you know, this, this new broader spectrum of, you know, hosting and property management? Yeah, I think it's a new class of residential housing, yeah. honestly. Um, and so what we do first and foremost is we are a multifamily community. And for those listeners that might not be familiar with what that term really means, yeah. it's a densely populated community, typically in a tower format um, in uh, more suburban areas. There'll be multiple buildings, you know, 10 or 15 buildings with 10 or 15 units in them. But traditional multifamily, you lease that up on an annual basis. So a hundred people come in, they sign a hundred leases. They, that's their primary or potentially secondary residence. And then while they travel, um, they can rent their home on Airbnb and or 45 other online travel agencies. So we now, um, we're agnostic. So we're, we're distributing our listings through every different platform um, that's compatible with us. So it's not just Airbnb. Mm. Um, in exchange for our allowance of the resident to do the short-term rentals, we take a fee for it, but we also provide all the services and technology and cleaning, um, noise aware, for example, is installed in there to manage um, the quality and, and sound in each of the environments for travelers and for residents. And so we provide the home sharing hospitality component um, so that if you will have a second home, and you're, you're back and forth between Los Angeles and Miami, for example, one week on, one week off, while you're not in either residence, we at Orion House would run that for you, assuming mm-hmm. it's one of our buildings. So yeah. you go, I'm in Miami week one, 
LA week two, vice versa. Then we fill it up, we rent it out, we clean it, we turn it over and we get it ready for your guests. And then we also get it ready for you when you come back. Um, And so we really run the hospitality piece of the business. But again, first and foremost, it's an annual lease. Secondarily, it's a short-term rental. Yeah. So I was going to say the primary business is leasing, right? So you're, you're reliant on people renting these units and leasing them uh, through you guys. And then the second part with like another like revenue stream, et cetera, is through those who are leasing to then put it up on this platform and allow it to be rented while they're uh, out and about traveling and doing what they do. Exactly. And the difference um, is that in rental communities, generally short-term rentals are absolutely precluded from your lease. Yes, exactly. If you rent, you have zero opportunity for additional income. That's why we are partnering with these communities saying, okay, people want to rent, you know, short-term rentals in your marketplace. There's a big demand for it. Mm-hmm. Let's take this program, let's layer it on top of your existing community and let's put some infrastructure, security, safety, all of the stuff that needs to go in there to create a stable environment so that people can do short-term rentals and not disrupt the, the annual residents that live there. Yeah. It's encouraged and it's professionalized. It's like, it's, the quality control factor that I think that we've been missing yeah. and when it comes to this type of structure because when it's not encouraged and it's like you know you can't do this like you turn away a lot of business and a lot of like potential and opportunity for for those people that can really create something cool um, and then of course you're adding that standardization by providing these services you're basically like I I'm just now thinking of this. I'm like, you're, pay, you're taking all the professional people we've ever had on the podcast and you're putting it into one building. You're, you're just making this like amazing infrastructure of just creativeness, but also very well managed property management in the sense yeah. of, yeah, just taking that extra step. I have to say that we facilitate it, you know, we facilitate your success. Like yeah. if you be doing home sharing, we want you to do it. We we want to maintain the integrity of our building. We want everybody to have a great experience. We want our brand to be well represented. We want travelers to go, oh my God, I stayed at an Orion house. It was awesome. I'm going back. Um, and, and to and to have that recognition similar to what you do in a hotel, but yeah. now you're in an apartment. Now you're in a home. Now you've got yeah. two bedrooms, a bathroom, an office, or so whatever it is that you need, great amenities, but you have that kind of, you know, the, the good housekeeping seal of approval where it's like, okay, yeah. a wine house is, is, they've got great linens, it's cleaning. I like, the, I like their, um, their bathroom products, all that stuff. It gives you that, that level of kind of um, quality and professionalism. Yeah. And what does Orion house mean exactly? Um, well, we, <laughs> the, the root of the name is obviously an astrological sign, but um we went through kind of a naming exercise and, you know, looked at what inspired us and what kind of encompassed the globe and, and, you know, was non-denominational and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and took us around the world and that's where we ended up. Um, and so there isn't really like a true meaning to it. It was okay. just like any other branding agency that sits in a room for a million dollars and throws a yeah. bunch <laughs> of on a board and comes up with something great. That's what we did. Okay, Thanks. sweet. I just wanted to see if there was like, any big meaning behind it or anything but no I love the name it's catchy yeah no it was uh it it just it it felt it felt um all-encompassing I guess you know and and aspirational right like we've got big dreams for this one no seriously well um what is the difference between a condo tell and Orion house because as we've been talking, like it sounds very similar in a sense, but you guys are actually very different. And I want to highlight those differences because I think it's really important for the listeners. And then also, of course, as this brand continues to build and you guys are doing what you do, I want to like highlight that you guys really are standing out in a significant way. Yeah. Well, so condo hotels are interesting. Um, I think they were really compelling when they first came out, you know, I don't know if it's 10 or 15 years ago when they started being initially marketed. Um, and it was a clever way for developers to finance their hotel. Yeah. Um, it wasn't particularly good investment for the condo owners themselves because there were so many different limitations on them. Um, everything from blackout dates to additional fees for when they actually want to use their units um, to... And a relatively low um, revenue split, revenue split for the owners that yeah. were that essentially the investors in it, um, and so 
again, I think it was a really creative way for hoteliers to finance their hotels. The other challenge is, is that they sell the hotel rooms first before they ever sell the condo hotel that they then have to do a rev split on. Um, yeah. So you're always kind of subordinated in that inventory. Um, in our environment, we take a 75, um, 25 split, 75% goes to the resident, 25% goes to Orion House as the ownership and management group on it. Um, yeah. A lot of times in condo hotels, you're seeing 50-50 and 60-40. So um, it's a much more lucrative split. Um, we don't have any blackout dates. You manage your calendar. You get to determine when you come and you go. Um, as an owner or as a renter, you get to set your own average daily rates. Therefore, if you want to be more price competitive and guarantee that you're booked up every single night, you can put your unit at $100 a night while the rest of the inventory in that building goes out at two or 250 mm -hmm. You just go, I definitely am not going to be there. I definitely want it rented. They have those levers to make sure that they can control their occupancy. Um, and then they also have the right to decline travelers or different types of travelers that they, they don't want there. If they don't want animals staying in their units, that's entirely up to them. Um, we as the building manager control occupancy, meaning we limit occupancy to two uh, people on a studio in a one bedroom, um, four people on a two bedroom, six on a, a three, so that we kind of avoid the party situations. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, residents really get to control their own listing. Um, and so we don't dictate that. So, yeah. so I think the big difference is on, on the condo hotel is that the, the hotel really owns your condo. Yeah. You're just a guest when you stay there and you pay the guest, you know, the daily fee of 35 or $75 in some cases in order just to use your own unit. Mm -hmm. um, well, we don't have those fees built in. So it's, you, you know, I mean, this is your residence. This is your primary residence and yeah. you use your amenities just like you would as a regular tenant and um, you know, all, all of that kind of hotel uh, fee-based stuff is just not a part of it. Yeah. No, my last hotel before I quit my, my you know, nine to five type deal to do this uh, full time was a condominium hotel. So the we did have like the HOA with the owners and the revenue split of 50-50 and, you know, all these certain things. And you're 100% right because uh, the owners have no control over design. They have no control on furnishings, no control on rates or how we, um, you know, get revenue and guests and all the other stuff. So, um, yeah, you're you're creating like what I like about it is like you're creating that entrepreneurial spirit of what you guys done with your properties like alone, but then you're adding like that management, that professionalism team behind it that backs it up. So it's like really the people that do travel for, for entrepreneurial stuff or work in general, like have that ability to be hands-on, but hands-off. If yeah. like hands-on with the fun stuff, like managing rates and how your listing is is set, but then hands-off with like the non-fun stuff with cleaning and checking yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. so. And we, the, do, we do offer revenue management and we do um, have interior designers that will come in and help stage and photograph your um, apartment. We also have copywriters that help market the listing for you because we do want our residents' listings to be as competitive as our Orion oh, yeah. products. So we, oh, yeah. we set this entire suite of services up for success. The more money that they make, the more money we make, right? So we want to make sure that everybody's kind of booking if they want to be, um, but also giving them the flexibility so that they can have kind of their own creative twist on the experience. So so you still do get that native experience if you really want to live in somebody else's home and um, have the character reflected internally that that's you get that makeup yeah. you know still, like you said a condo hotel it, all the design looks the same all the printing is the same all of the everything's the same here yes we've got orion homes which are incredibly well designed but and also unique it's not cookie cutter not every single one looks the same but then mm -hmm. our resident base has got a very dynamic listing base. So they all have a different personality. Um, so you're getting kind of that local flair, but with, with, the, with the hotel consistency. Yeah, for sure. And I was going to ask, um, how does it work with like, um, you know, with personal belongings and stuff like that, if you're a, a, a resident and then traveling, is there a certain like procedure protocol that you guys have in place for, you know, making sure like, I don't know, like pictures of the family isn't out or anything like that? Like, I'm just kind of curious on what that looks like when no, we really leave that up to the resident. Um, okay. Some residents 
like having uh, photos of their families out and they think mm -hmm. that that is a compelling um, design feature. Others mm -hmm. don't want people to see their family. Um, mm -hmm. In my house, you can see there's portraits of our kids all over the place. Um, some, of the, some of the more risque photos that the girls now at 15 and 17 are taking of themselves. I'm putting those away because we don't want to provoke any ideas, but yeah. like, um, you know, for the most part, you know, we, we leave that up to them. We don't personalize it down to, you know, taking, you know, if you left your clothes out in your closet, you're leaving your clothes in your closet. If it's not locked, you left it unlocked. Like we don't go in and have those standard uniformities. Um, we go in and we clean and we make sure that the, that the allocation of space and the number of hangers and everything is there. But still, if in the bathroom you leave your toiletries in an unlocked cupboard, those are out. They're, the the expe expectation is you know that if they're there, they potentially could be used. Okay. Um, there's, there's um, I think Daydream Apartments is, the, is one of the other groups that actually goes in and personalizes the bathroom, meaning they go and take all of your personal stuff and they put it away. And then um, when, when the traveler leaves and they're getting it prepared back for the resident to come back in, they put all of those personal effects back out. We do not do that. We, we leave it up to the resident. The resident needs to put their stuff in their locked closets, which are provided, um, that, uh, that they then you know, either put away or leave out, but we don't determine what is to be where, so. Gotcha. Perfect. Now it makes total sense. Like we're all adults, right? So we should be put ourselves at, at, at a certain point where it's like we go, we we can only do so much, and that's you know it's the cleanliness of the floors, glass surfaces, bathrooms, linens, all of that stuff. But as it comes to kind of your personal effects, if like on my desk I've got books out, yeah. I expect somebody might pick them up and read them. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And I don't mind, right? And by the way, sometimes I'm sure things disappear. I'm, I'm sure they're not actually stealing them, but they might move them and it goes in their suitcase. And that's kind of the cost of doing business. Mm -hmm. um, but, but we, as a Ryan house, do not oversee all of, all of the, the tiny little nuances. We still leave that up to the resident to make sure that they're thoughtful in the way that they've got um, their unit procured, of which we provide them guidelines. We walk them through it. We provide them with lockable spaces. Um, yeah. We give them the advice and the tools that they need. Um, we also provide and stock um, personal uh, stuff that you might need, whether it be additional shampoos and conditioners, toothbrushes, toothpaste, all that stuff that you would kind of have, have as an amenity kit in hotels. We stock that too. So our hosts okay. can provide that um, in case it's not totally outfitted in the unit. So we do have that other hospitality piece to it. And then many of our properties will have um, little sundry shops and vending mm -hmm. machines too. Perfect. So okay. if there are additional items that we don't personally stock, whether it be feminine products or, you know, sodas or any of that stuff, you know, that, that yeah. you always inevitably need while you travel, we try and be as thoughtful as possible, but, um, you know, and, and provide as much stuff as we can complimentary. Mm -hmm. um, aside from that, we do have other sources so that we can get this stuff there and facilitate deliveries like Instacart and um, Uber Eats and all that stuff for you. For, for um, sure. No, that's awesome. I love it. Well, um, I, I want to get into like a final question because there's, you know, obviously we're living in a unique time of 2020 with coronavirus and, you know, our political, uh, you know, elections and stuff like that going on in the, in the U.S. It's been a fun time. We're having a great year. Uh, I want to know what, what do you see the role of Orion House and this new style of model for the short-term rental hospitality um, innovation playing in the recovery of hotel travel hospitality leading in throughout the years after COVID-19? I think it's such a good question. Um, we'll talk a little bit about kind of the travel trends that we're seeing right now because, yeah. because COVID-19 has um, changed a lot of behavior. So yes. it's changed your work behavior, it's changed your school behavior, it's changed your travel behavior, socialization, all of those things. You know, the pendulum has swung one way super far, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, okay, masks and gloves and you can't go anywhere and it's locked down and only essential services are open. So mm -hmm. on one extreme of that pendulum swing, can't leave your apartment for 30 days, like craziness. And this is different variations of it all over the world. Yeah. Um, and then there's other more relaxed uh, situations and, and everything in between. What we're seeing in travel is that people still want to go places. They are doing it differently. And so now at the beginning of COVID, like, um, you know, in March, people were driving within a 200 mile radius and they were going on five day trips, for example, 
Now we're seeing that driving radius is up to 1,500 miles. Oh, yeah. So now your driving radius is 1,500 miles. The average stay went from 4.3 days to 7.7. And now we're seeing that booking going into 2021, 2022, and now 2023. So yeah. these families that did these annual vacations and whatever type of vacation it was before that they flew when they went to Disney or they flew when they went to Miami or whatever it was that they were doing, they go, wait a second, I can drive and take my three kids and my wife and go to Panama City Beach and spend a week there. And instead of going to an Orlando or a Miami for three or four days, now I can spend a week or two weeks. They're also going to the mountains for extended periods of time, yeah. seeing a lot of one month rentals so that you can go out into different places. So when you talk about like, what do, what do I see this affecting in the future? I would say 50% of that behavior will stick, right? Mm -hmm. Like families are gonna go, we loved that. We made great memories. Like this is, great. you know, I mean, it's less stressful. We've got more flexibility. We had more money to spend on the things that we wanted because we didn't spend it on airline tickets or, or whatever the case may be. Um, on the other side, as it relates to kind of the, the uh, residential product that we're creating it services that same need but on, from a different perspective mm -hmm. saying okay now you've got to work from home so we're creating all of the tools that you need to be successful to work from home where you've got you know the the single um, pod working spaces you've got conference rooms you've got all of the video technology um, we also in our short-term rentals have um, de designated workspaces inside the unit too so Perfect. if you don't want to use the common workspaces you can work inside the unit um, but it allows a person that's working remotely now to go and travel and do the one month in Montana if they want to, and then monetize their residence. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's a lot of that behavior that's going to stick. And, and separately, you know, quality of life in cities like New York and Boston um, and San Francisco, and where, where you were already living in such a confined and very, very expensive space, oh, now you can't leave it. And there's nowhere to go and there's crime and there's all kinds of stuff going on the streets and the rioting because for all the reasons that you'd mentioned before, in addition to COVID, um, mm -hmm. made those cities really undesirable. Um, and so having a kind of a hiatus in the South, which we primarily are focused in the Southeast US, mm -hmm. we're seeing a thousand people a day relocating down there. And it might not be their primary residence, it's secondary or third residence where they're going, I can spend a month or two months or three months or two weeks out of the month in Miami or Fort Lauderdale, and then be back in New York in the grind for the every other week when they're now allowed in the office. So it, that flexibility is a, enormously valuable to them and to be able to monetize it even more so. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't see that, that change going back to what it was. I mean, there, there will be fewer people that live that way, like as offices get back to, you know, full or relatively full capacity or regular schedules or whatever it is in the years to come. Um, but in the interim, we've got, we've got a long road ahead for, yeah. where we'll need to find a comfortable way to live and to travel that's sustainable, that, you know, um, is not compromising your mental health and your marital conditions and, you know, all yeah. kind of go along with it, but um, I, I think I think a lot of the behavior change we're seeing now is here to stay because there's a lot of quality of life stuff that um, you know is positively impacting us, and I think people are going to want to hang on to it. No, I'm glad you said the word flexibility because a lot of our mutual friends and people I've had on the show we talk about you know COVID really sped up a lot of innovations and changes that were to come over the next like year or two. And that really crunched it down into like six, eight months. And we sped up a lot of things. A lot of our tech stacks have been advanced and have gotten, you know, we're seeing more properties go to keyless entry and whether it's a hotel or a property like Orion House or like any vacation rental, everyone's just advancing their stuff in a lot of ways and flexibility in everything. I think we've seen the you know, flexibility when it comes to cancellation policies and booking policies and how we, you know, do these operational things within the guest, you know, the, the, the ability to say, I want to pick and choose how I spend my time. And if I have to discover my own backyard again, in the, in the sense of like that radius that you're talking about, um, you are making a bunch of good points. Like they're not spending money on travel. They're not as stressed and they're not as like, you know, um, what's a uh, jet lagged and all the other stuff that comes with, 
the other types of travel we were doing. And now it's really bringing into this like, okay, this is flexible. This is something I can customize to my own choosing. Um, And and I I 100% agree with you. I don't think we're going to see it leave. Um, Obviously, like you said, it's going to maybe slow down for a little bit once things get back to like a normal but this is part of recovery. And when you're in recovery mode, this is what's carrying the industry to that point. So and people are, when you get comfortable with it and you like it, you're like, yeah. I don't need to do this ridiculous over the top vacation with flights and connecting and rental cars. And are you kidding me? That is nothing yeah. but straight chaos. You know? <laughs> when you go, we're going to pack up the kids and go to the Grand Canyon. It's pretty simple. Yeah. You know, exactly. And it's cool. It's, you know, people are uh, rediscovering our country, our continent, which is so extraordinary anyway, you know, that like we don't have to cross the borders to go do that. I mean, this is, this made it really difficult to do so. So stick in your own backyard and there's just so much stuff to see here. And I think, you know, it it goes back to probably my childhood where we, it was road trips. Mm -hmm. It was a road trip and it was fabulous. You yeah. know, and we did a lot of camping and a lot of outdoor stuff and a lot of everything. I mean, it, it was not, it was never a flying trip. I've never been on a plane with my parents. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and our, and Greg's kids are like, oh, if we're not going international, I don't want to go. I'm like, like, well, then stay home. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's like, and I'm a sun person. I hate the cold and I'm yeah. in Washington state. So it's a little cold, but like, it has been kind of cool though, to like go explore Leavenworth again. I haven't been to Leavenworth, Leavenworth since I was probably I don't know 10 and uh-huh. so it's like it's been like 15 years and it's like okay like there's actually a lot of cool stuff out here that I just yeah. haven't gone out to explore again and it's, and it's different and it's exciting it's like I can continue to do this more often like I don't need to go to Cancun or Florida every time you know I travel it's like I can do more of these trips I've and been to Arizona and now we've got New Mexico on our list like all these yeah. extraordinary places I haven't been like no reason not to just yeah um and 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 we're we're two people out of you know 300 million they're doing the same exact thing you know and so i just think a lot of that behavior is going to stick around i mean personally what i can say is i'm a little concerned about the hotel industry as a whole like yeah i I find it hard to understand why they're going to come back with a vengeance like they were before Mm -hmm. um you know especially the way that they used to price and market and you know, play those games with us as consumers. Cause I think we got a lot more savvy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now with remote working, like you don't have to be on the peak times yep. and you don't have to pay, you know, those, those inflated rights during uh, rates during compression times. Yeah. Um, I think, I think they're going to be massively affected um, because they exploited consumers for a large majority. You know I mean? And, and I, the, the $30 cheeseburgers, the room service yeah. is sickening. Um, yeah, I'm uh, guilty of that when I was a hotel manager. So it's <laughs> all about it. So like all yeah. that stuff. Um, I think they're gonna have they're gonna have a much more difficult road to recovery. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's I I see a lot of changes going in the sense like um, I had another guest on the show. He said it's sad he's a consultant in the hotel space, but he's it's sad that we ha- have to innovate when we're forced to innovate. We should have been doing this stuff a long time ago. And um, we just never, never did. We were so stuck in the old ways. So I'm curious to see how that recovery will go. But I'm also, I'm predicting we're going to see hotels go more in like the horizontal growth in the sense of like spreading out their rooms and they're creating like a community space versus going up and like just having like that option of, you know, spread out and safety, but then also more kind of like, a hybrid in the vacation rental world as well so uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see play out but we'll see how things go in two years three years i'm curious to see what they do yeah well i want to uh say thank you for being on the show obviously it's been fun conversation i think we went a little bit longer than we both expected just because we're geeking out on all this fun (laughs) stuff and in hospitality but i want to give you an opportunity to to uh, give it like any final thoughts or conclusions to the episode, maybe a shameless shout out, um, anything that you have just to leave the listeners on um, right now as they're, as they're turning in. Um, I love the shameless shout out. Uh, obviously, but it belongs first with my partners um, who are not here with us today, but that are extraordinary. So without them, I wouldn't be here. Um, namely, Kanan Whited, who is my co-founder and CMO. Yes. Um, and too many others that I would like to name, but I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, so that's my first shameless shout out. And then secondarily, 
Um, our wait list is open. So we've got about a dozen cities that we are currently taking wait list names on. Um, Will, thank you for joining on that. But it's just You're welcome. orionhouse.com backslash waitlist. Um, and you will be added to that. And for anybody that's interested in renting in our communities, we'll keep you up to speed as the buildings are opening and new inventory becomes available. Um, and just in general, you know, like thanks everybody for being interested and, and keep doing what they're doing. I know your listeners are doing what we're doing yeah. uh, and running their own Airbnbs. And if I can ever be a resource, you know, I'm, I'm readily accessible at all times, both to you and your community, Will. Um, but, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm doing one door at a time, just like everybody else is. So if we can be a resource and, you know, tap into us or just share stories, I'm on a lot of forums and Facebook and whatever. So um, we're all in it together and, and hope to, to create a great business moving forward. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm excited to be on the wait list. I, I miss being that kind of like operator, you know, type deal. So it's like, this is a perfect opportunity to start investing and getting into that game again. So I'm pumped. And I, of course, will include everything in the show notes. So any slick talkers listening right now, please go ahead, look at the show notes, click the links, check out Orion House. Um, I'm also going to include anytime you guys update uh, on uh, a property or anything going out, I'll put in the newsletter. So everyone's aware um, you guys, uh, this is, a, you know, some key stuff to follow along with. So I'm excited to uh, include you into the Slick Talk universe of, of content and, of course, keeping the community up to date. And I just want to say thank you again. Thank you to your co-founders. Thank you to just, yeah, being on the show and providing this awesome, valuable content as we're, you know, moving forward, as always. And one other thing, Will, feel free to, we've got a lot of published information that's great oh, yeah. for anybody, whether they're in our community or not feel free to grab that and share it too. Um, so anything that we put out publicly, y'all are willing or, or um, able to share that freely. Perfect. Awesome. You heard it, Slick Talkers. I'm going to be sharing. So start following <laughs> along. All right, Cindy, thank you so much for being on the show. And we will talk again very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Podcast.